Knowledge is the key. CannabisRadio.com is here to keep you in the know on Just Say No. Did you know there are over 100 medical conditions that can benefit from cannabis therapy? Just Say No talks to patients who have used cannabis to treat their medical symptoms and create a better quality of life. Each week, we will tackle a chronic condition by talking to patients, doctors, and researchers with the goal to helping you live, learn, and thrive. Just say yes to Just Say No. Now here is your host, Ryan Hunt from MJWellness.com. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ryan Hunt from MJWellness.com, and welcome to Just Say No. Each week here on Just Say No, we evaluate, investigate, and give a thorough look at the various diseases we think that cannabis therapy can help. Today on our show, we're very excited to have Dr. Alan Frankel joining us. Dr. Alan Frankel has over 35 years of experience in internal medicine and is one of the world's leading authorities on dosed cannabis medicine. Hello, Dr. Frankel, and thank you for joining us. Let's talk a little bit about your journey. You know, everything you're doing is what we're trying to share with this radio show with mjwellness.com. How long were you practicing medicine before you started thinking about cannabis as therapy? I would say about 27 years, and what changed it was my feeling that my toolbox had gotten a little light, and I had a lot of toxic drugs to prescribe and recommend, and I was looking for something that would be a little bit more broadly effective. So where were you practicing? After I finished my training at UCLA, I opened a practice in Santa Monica on Wilshire Boulevard where there were a couple different offices, but I helped build Westside Internal Medicine, which is a large and still thriving internal medicine group that works on giving patients a lot of time and a lot of energy. So I was used to spending quality time with patients. I never wanted to go into the insurance business in the late 80s. And it stayed as a great internal medicine practice for 27 years. Oh, wow. So when I went to my doctor for my condition, I have ulcerative colitis. You know, I mentioned marijuana as a therapy that I wanted to explore, and they had no idea about whether to prescribe it or not. But it sounds like you came to this and... You wanted to prescribe marijuana. Why did you see it as an alternative therapy? First of all, I would be careful. I think we should avoid the word prescribe and stick to recommend because it's federally, not legally, a prescription. It's just a recommendation. I came to it because actually I had an illness. I usually don't share this information, but I had an illness that took me Mm -hmm. out of my internal medicine practice. I had a viral infection of my lungs that went to my heart and I was given six months to live without a heart transplant. I just didn't want to go that route. And I had never used cannabis wow. prior to age 49, believe it or not. And some of my old patients and friends came up and did a reverse intervention and got me going on cannabis products. And I don't know to what extent the cannabis products changed everything, but in three months, my heart was completely normal. So I don't know what to say about that other than it piqued my curiosity tremendously. And I started reading the same stuff that Gupta read. And if you go to the National Library of Medicine, there's tens of thousands of clinical trials. There's lots and lots to read. I started going to the GW website where they make best whole plant extract in the pharmaceutical world. And they had tons of clinical trials and start reading those and working with early tinctures. And then I just decided to go into it, devoted my life to it. So this research, is any of this coming from the U.S.? Very little of it comes from the U.S. 
there's a moderate number of studies that were part of Prop 215 and were funded in California, which very few people know about. Um, it's changing now. I'm actually working yeah. with people from NIDA, the National Institute of Drug Abuse. These people were our enemies, but the war on drugs is essentially over for the scientific world, or virtually over. So the, there's grants hmm. available now. We're growing our practice to be able to start doing more actual clinical trials because I see it becoming a real common thing in the next couple of years. So after your experience, did you start a clinic focused on cannabis therapy? Yeah, nine years ago, I opened Greenbridge Medical in Venice, California, and it was, for mm-hmm. me, a nightmare. Uh, the the average patient would come in, they'd be yeah. 18, 19 years old, they, they all had glaucoma, and I wondered, wow, how did glaucoma become epidemic in Venice? And, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> right. and I, I closed it and opened it back up to the minimum age of 25. I just didn't want to deal. I mean, oh, if, if, if there's a child that was really sick, their parents bring them in. Other than that, I just didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to deal with somebody 18, 19 years old as a doctor. If they want to use recreational cannabis on their own, you know, so be it. it so I, it took a long time to build the practice into something that was what I consider truly medical. To me, it's it's not that people can't smoke or vape or use some edibles with great caution and have some benefit, but the overwhelming majority of patients do not want to get high and they don't want to smoke. So in a doctor becoming involved in any field of medicine, if the doctor, the patient, and the quote pharmacy dispensary doesn't know what the patient's taking, it's not medical as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's not very medical. It's very, very, very loose. I wouldn't necessarily say it has to be recreational. It's just more casual. I would rather see the words casual and focused rather than recreational and medical. Mm -hmm. But with my patients, the practice that I envisioned and the practice that we have, none of my patients come here to smoke weed because we're too expensive and we spend an hour to an hour and a half with new patients. So we are only seeing sick people. And none of them want to smoke and none of them want to get high. They want to get well. And whether it's chronic neurological disorders, progressive neurological disorders, chronic pain, mood disorders, schizophrenia, seizures, autism spectrum, it just goes cancer. You know, it's a very long list. It's it's almost impossible to comprehend how much cannabis can be helpful in dosed administration when you're dealing with, you know, individual cannabinoids in a mixture of, as they refer to it, the entourage effect, where you've got six to 800 molecules working together. We just ordered some hemp, and you're actually able to order hemp for $300 a pound. And you make an extract out of hemp versus making an extract out of cannabis, it's a world of difference, even if the CBD is the same. And you can order hemp-based products on Amazon. It's everywhere, and they call it CBD, and it is CBD, but it doesn't have all those wonderful terpenes and flavonoids and minor cannabinoids that cannabis has, and it works dramatically better as whole plants. It works better with the whole plant. Yeah, I've wondered about that. I mean, you can. I, one of the things about the CBD oils is you can ship them across state. You can ship them in the mail and that type of thing. But I've always wondered. I take CBDs myself and wondered: is CBD oil not from a cannabis or a THC plant? Is that doing the same thing for me or not? If it's from a hemp plant, it if is hemp, not yeah. doing the same yeah. thing. 
Um, and the pricing on these are not very different. So if you're a patient, you can certainly get a medical mm-hmm. cannabis-derived CBD. It's a huge difference. I mean, uh, today on planet Earth, there's three ways you can get CBD. You can get CBD made in the laboratory under the U.S. federal patent of 2003. Uh, you can get the CBD mm-hmm. in the form of hemp extraction, and you can get mm-hmm. CBD from cannabis. And if you pictured a mm-hmm. bottle of the molecular, a bottle of hemp, and a bottle of, meta- of cannabis, I mean, the plant doesn't know whether it's medical or recreational. And you, you, <laughs> right. give, 10 mil- <laughs> you give 10 milligrams on different days of CBD in the three different forms, and it's a world of difference. I mean, recommended in the literature, the recommended dose for anxiety with CBD is up to 600 milligrams. I mean, if you took 600 milligrams, oh, and wow. I have taken 600 milligrams of whole plant CBD, you get an unbelievable <laughs> out-of-body experience. I mean, you've got like four or five I'm hours of, of consciousness floating in the room. That's quite psychoactive. Yeah. But it's yeah. not just the CBD. It's all the other molecules that make the difference. All those That's wonderful, wonderful, smelly molecules. <laughs> Yeah, I think what, you know, I've been told a few times on CBD that it just takes a couple weeks and then the effects will start to show on from a hemp, you know what I mean? But I, I definitely feel kind of a psychotropic effect from the CBD with the THC in it. We need to take a break, but when we come back, we'll talk with Dr. Frankel about a bunch of different conditions and how marijuana therapy can help. We will be right back once you get to know our sponsors. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on MJWellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The state of cannabis. Oh, my God, it's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of of many of those things, and and find ourselves in a a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. Just say no. 
spelled K-N-O-W, is back with more conversation about curing and healing with cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Just Say No. I'm Ryan Hunt from MJWellness.com. We've been talking to Dr. Frankel about his journey in the medical field. Dr. Frankel, you have a great journal on your site, CreamBridgeMed.com, where you share findings about different diseases. I feel like I understand how cannabis can help certain diseases, but I feel like I'm missing a lot. I'd like to just dive into a few. We could talk about a lot here, but can we talk about cancer for a second? You tell me what I have wrong about this, but cancers cause tumors. Tumors, as I understand it, are cells that don't die. Cannabis can help cells die. What do I have right and what do I have wrong about cancer and marijuana therapy? Well, I, I don't think there's really much debate fact that the major cannabinoids, particularly in whole plant form, do kill cancer cells through a number of mechanisms. That doesn't necessarily mm. equate to cannabis curing cancer. It's not the same thing. I consider cannabis, in the medical term, adjuvant, meaning it's meant to be used along with a whole host of other therapies that make sense. Sometimes that's chemotherapy. Yeah. Sometimes that's radiation, sometimes it's alternative, sometimes it's immune. It's going to soon be genetic modulation and between more and more and more of you know, genetic changing of reversing. That's how CBD, that's one of the four or five ways that CBD works in killing cancer cells is that it works actually at the level of the gene. For example, with breast cancer, and this is where it all started with yeah. specific cancer in San Francisco, it changes the methylation at the genetic level of the ID1 gene. And when this one gene starts making a protein, people's breast cancer accelerates. When the ID1 gene is turned off, the breast cancer dies. So genetic expression, I think we're all learning now, is a huge, huge part of all disease. And that's probably Dr. Raphael Meshulam, when he was asked once in Germany at a convention I was at, how is it possible that this one medicine, or it took, I mean, it's a group of many medicines, I mean, infinite number of medicines, yeah. how could it help so many different things? And his explanation, which is the best I've heard so far, is that it's working on a genetic level, that it may stabilize methylation, in which case it's going to stabilize our genetic code. And we used to believe, and we were told in school that we're born with a code, we pass that code on, and we die with that code. Turns out that's not true. The code gets changed. I mean, environmental factors that we all are very aware of are codes changing faster and faster and faster. Just more UV light would do it. You know, we hear about, and we're, we're trying to dissect it over on our end, and everybody is, just how it actually helps all these different conditions. And it's pretty confusing because, you know, on one hand, you have these inflammation-reducing qualities, and then you have some mental and behavioral qualities that can help things like PTSD or anxiety. And then you have neurological effects, people who have Parkinson's or that type of thing. It just seems like it helps so much. Is it working with different cannabinoids when it's helping these different types of symptoms of diseases? Well, there are patients, for example, who I see with neuropathic pain, which is a burning horrible foot pain, leg pain, arm pain, hand pain. And there are patients that I've seen where in the first day, 80, 90% of the pain is gone. 
So that's got to be working on a different mechanism than the ones where they get benefit over six weeks. We're also having a lot of luck with THCA, THC acid. And I'm kind of getting to the point where we should be adding CBD, THCA, and THC to our tumor programs, mostly other than leukemia. I mean, we dose in the range of 60 to 80 milligrams, which is of total daily cannabinoids, which is below, I mean, way, 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 way below the Simpson recommendations, which I just can't buy. And, you know, I'm sorry. And for the people out there that are benefiting from it, I think okay. it's great. I think people benefit from lots of different combinations, but we don't know enough. And when I hear people say, well, you use this for this cancer, that for this cancer, come on. I mean, no, we don't know that yet. I mean, in Israel, recent studies yeah. just on breast cancer, they're using CBD without, it's not whole plant, and without any THC. But every study, other than leukemia, every study shows that using THC with CBD accentuates the anti-cancer effect. So why do they leave THC out in some of these clinical trials? Does that mean we should be leaving THC out? I think it's political. That if, you know, they, it's a lot easier to sell if yeah. they say, oh, we just have non-psychoactive in here. And this whole deal about THC bad and CBD good is ridiculous. And only 20% of my patients would be helped if I just had rich whole plant CBD. We use THC all day long. Yeah, it's my experience too. It seems as if there's a little bit of THC, it's it's better. And you know, you also buy products that are pure CBD, and they seem to be way more expensive than those with THC in them as well, which seems to be weird. I think the medical community, and you're right, it seems to be political, but they're they're moving towards CBDs as the answer and creating these pure CBD products. It's a huge mistake, and it's the the issue. It's way beyond THC. I think the big thing that we're going to see that's going to be very complicated for these 12 or 14 CBD-only states is not being able to have THCA. I mean, there's nothing wrong. I mean, THCA is not psychoactive, and it has for mm -hmm. sure anti-seizure effects, for sure anti-spasmodic effects. And we don't even know what else it might help. We're We've made up some extracts or had a chemist make some up, and we're trying them on all sorts of different patients. If they don't respond to CBD, either add in or THCA or stop the CBD and give them THCA. I've done that now with a few, not a lot, but with a few seizure kids mm -hmm. who are having 20 seizures a day, were on a very good dose of whole plant CBD, had no improvement. I mean, it doesn't work for everybody. And then to stop the CBD, started them on a low dose of THCA, and boom, seizure's gone. So I think we need to go to whole plant even. We think about all the minor molecules and the terpenes and the minor cannabinoids, but these major cannabinoids of CBD, CBDA, THC, THCA, CBG, I think we need to really do so much work with those. For me, being able to work with chemists that I can talk to and they'll make up whatever extract I think seems reasonable. We can get them to people for no charge just to test them. It's fun as a yeah. master. Do you think we're going to get to a point where you can actually say, here is a concentrate, use this for Parkinson's. Here's a concentrate, use this for PTSD. Is that where we're going? First of all, people tend to want to take a diagnosis and then figure out just from the diagnosis what 
cannabis regimen should be. And the thing that's in the middle that's missing yeah. in that formula is the patient's entire medical history. And I'm not saying that you need to be a well-trained internist in order to regulate a patient's medical cannabis, but if you're really a sick patient, the person managing the cannabis therapy had better understand all the patient's drugs, all their drug interactions, their past history, their sensitivity to drugs in general, sensitivity to THC, their own fears of getting stoned, um, all these things, and integrating it with and talking with their doctors. I mean, so that's what we're doing here, and that's what we're going to do more and more and more is have internal medicine and cannabis done together. There should be no artificial separation. This whole issue of clinics that just do cannabis medicine or is ridiculous. It's all a way that we just got it from where we were to where we are now. Going forward, what has to happen is it's fully integrated in the patient's primary care. And there can still be specialists around. Yeah. But I mean, the, the amount that I know about cannabis in 10 years from now, I think every internist will know as much as I know for sure or more. And because it should just be common, mm-hmm. common data for a primary care doctor to use some basic plants. Even the FDA in the last five years has been calling for what it calls complex medicine, which means like a plant medicine that doesn't kill people. You know, the only way cannabis can kill you is if 500 pounds lands on your head. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a good place to break for a second. I, I want to continue talking about that and also kind of get into dosing and what you recommend for new patients when we come back. We will be right back once you get to know our sponsors. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer Dr. Dina shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Just Say No spelled K-N-O-W, is back with more conversation about curing and healing with cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm Ryan Hunt from MJWellness.com, and we've been talking to Dr. Frankel about 
how marijuana works with different diseases. I wanted to talk to you, Dr. Frankel, a little bit. I know my experience with going to a doctor. I got my medical recommendation card, and it took maybe six minutes, as long as it took for the doctor to fill out the paperwork, and I don't see them again until next year. You know, and the first time I renewed, I just, I did it online and I didn't talk to the same doctor. I mean, that's what's going on, at least here in California. What do we need to do when 2016 comes around or new legislation is passed? How do we work with doctors, especially since I can't go to my primary care physician and talk to them about this? Well, I think the future is going to be very different. And if you want to be a successful primary care doctor in a market in California, you might want to learn something about cannabis ultimately because that will be one of the things you'll be competing for. I mean, currently, the system is broken. And if people just want to go to a dispensary and get cannabis products to use casually, let's not use that word recreational, but casually, that's what they're going to do. They're not going to go to doctors Mm -hmm. any it's going, legalization is going to pass. The government is counting on it passing. There's too much money. But medical cannabis is going to be shrunk back to where it'll be done by primary care or what are called attending doctors. So when I see a new patient, it's not six minutes, it's an hour. And we talk yeah. to them, either have phone or in person, mostly it's phone follow-up, weekly for the first six weeks, included in their visit is our six follow-up phone visits, at which time they tell me whatever their issue is, I'm using two sprays, which would be, let's say, 5.6 milligrams of CBD three times a day for my anxiety, and this is better, and this is worse, and this is the same, and I could actually respond because I know what they're taking. That's really the only way to do it. Right. It's the only way to do it. If you're a sick person and smoking and casual doesn't work, because I am a casual user of cannabis and have been since I've made up for lost time since I'm 49. I enjoy it. I love it. But when I have some pain or I have some anxiety, I take a CBD capsule or I take a CBD spray because it works better Mm -hmm. and I just want to get rid of my anxiety. What do you think about recreational use in 2016? What, What do you think about all of us going recreational, which you believe will pass? Well, I mean, certainly in Washington, Colorado, it's said mixed blessings. Yeah. I think it has to happen. It has to happen because the current system doesn't work, and everybody knows it doesn't work. And it's silly. It's, a, it's just a, a sham to put doctors up on Venice Beach and, you know, giving recommendations for weed. It would be way better for people to just go buy it. I mean, it's, it's not nobody's other than the 50 bucks that the docs are making, and there's kickbacks, it's mm-hmm. all a mess. To me, what I do now feels like internal medicine I've done for the last, now, 40 years. It's the same thing. You take a full history in every patient, and I know who they are. When they come back in, I know who they are. Do I ever do renewals over the phone? Yes. I mean, if I've known somebody for a long time, and mm-hmm. but I know what they're taking, and we review it, and I'll tell you, when a mommy of a seizure kid or an autistic kid with seizures calls me for a phone renewal, which is legal if I did the original one, a year later, and now things are so good that it's not worth the drive. I mean, and so they tell me maybe it'll do a little dosage adjustment or if something new like THCA has become more available, maybe we'll introduce this. But 
to me, it's great when they feel so terrific that we can do the follow-up over the phone. But there's got to be follow-ups. And we probably average 10 yep. follow-ups per patient per year. That's what it seems it needs. Well, I'll tell you what, Dr. Frankel. Unfortunately, we're out of time. I could talk to you all day. I did want to thank you for joining us and for all our listeners for joining us for Just Say No. Again, we'd like to thank you, Dr. Alan Frankel, and to our producers for finding these great guests. You can download episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Facebook and Google+. Plus. For more information about our guests and to read more about patients using marijuana to control their symptoms and to talk to me personally, go over to mjwellness.com. And you can find Dr. Frankel at www.greenbridgemed.com. Join us again next week when we'll tackle more conditions that can be managed using marijuana therapy. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.